0: Have a have a have
1: a have a it's just
0: <laughs> Hey, what's up? Welcome everyone to Witty Banter episode number 156. Mm-hmm. I'm one of your hosts, Chase Williams and I'm joined by Max non-GMO hormone-free Scott. Oh,
2: there's plenty of hormones in here, let me tell you.
0: All natural.
2: All natural. Beef cakes. <laughs> no beef here. Veggie patty <laughs> cakes. No right hormones here. Right next to
0: him, we've got Hunter, just give me a fucking cheeseburger Dorset.
1: Oh, great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, fucker. I think that sums up our entire
2: dichotomy <laughs> as a group here.
0: Oh man, uh, good to hear from you guys, episode 156 of Witty Banter, happy to be back for another week, because I, don't, I can't even remember the last time we missed a show, but who, who cares anyway. Um, we do alcohol reviews on Witty Banter. Oh, what a segue. Uh, yeah, that's the best I can do. Max, you have to understand, <laughs> we specialize in different skills of hosting, yeah, and yours absolutely. was the segueing, and mine could not be further from your skill in that. That's okay. Uh, but what are you guys drinking today?
2: All righty. So it? yeah, let me take this one you got because it I brought the beer today And it's a very special beer because I picked it up from a store on the way here <laughs> real quick because I was on my way here uh, now, this is going to be the Settle Down Brown by Odell Brewing Company, which I gross. think is a funny name. The yeah. Settle Down Brown? come on. perfect for At you, first,
1: I think gross, but the, <laughs> then the I picture think, on the yum. front makes me think like, okay, I get it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The picture, uh, as you were describing here, is going to be like a campfire setting inside a cabin. Maybe in a forest, looks like on a, on a cold winter night.
1: And they have a dog kind of hanging out right in front of the fireplace. And that makes me think that that is brown.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. Uh, you might be thinking, Max, it's like 190 degrees outside. Why would you want a winter beer? Right? Well, <laughs> one, I didn't Hunter's know here. it was. And two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hunter loves winter beers. And Hunter does love winter beers. And it's also a uh, Odell Brewing Company out of Fort Collins, Colorado, too, as well, where it's always cold. Uh, the description of this beer... Is in the winter months, somewhere between work hard and play hard, there's a moment that naturally seems to occur. A moment where you sit back and relax with a good friend and, well, settle in. It's moments like these that inspire us to create settle down brown. The American brown has a rich malt flavor with a complex tropical fruit and caramel notes. Tropical fruit. Fruit. Tropical fruits and caramel notes, not normally things that I put together, but I'm willing to try. 6.5% 6.5% alcohol by
0: volume. We're going to give it a go. It's
2: going to be good. old college good. try here. I like yeah, how absolutely. it can go from
0: like, settle down, brown, or the settle down brown, because it's the brown <laughs> <Yeah. egg. laughs> A lot of different <laughs> ways like, you hey, can say it. Settle down. I just got to say the beer is very dynamic. Very dynamic beer. <laughs> definitely. It's Most very, definitely.
2: Yeah. We'll see. What are you drinking over there, Chase?
0: Nice. I'm actually going with something a little tried and true, something I've already had and reviewed on the show, and this is the whiskey that we brought back from Japan. It's a single malt Miyagikyo. Um, so I probably won't. Do like a, a full suite of reviewing notes, but maybe just try to comment on anything that pops up that's new. But this one's kind of becoming like the trusty go to. We have a small yeah. bottle of it, which means you can't go to it often, but you want to. But it's there for you.
2: Oh, man. There you go. That sounds good, man. And plus, it's going to bring back all those memories from your trip,
0: too, as well. So Dude, the memories are it. strong.
2: Memories are very strong. Nostalgia is a very strong flavor. You're the bobblehead (laughs) right now. Oh, man. He's there right now. He's in Japan.
0: I can feel it. I don't want to disrupt this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, All right. Uh, You know what? Before we get into the main portion of the show, Max, you got to take a little trip up to the city of Austin this weekend and participate in the DreamHack fighting game competition that was up there. You were kind of showing up because you missed Texas Showdown, and so, dude... Tell me all about it, because it seemed like you were in like really good spirits because you were happy with how you did.
2: Yeah, no, I uh, I really was. It has been kind of a while since I had really sat down and like played to learn. You know, mm-hmm. I've been playing a little bit on and off here and there, but I've kind of been in a weird headspace. So I wasn't really feeling it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made it was kind of a last minute decision to go. But I ended up going. Luckily, Andrew Tarvin was there to, to save oh, me and house awesome. me while I was there. So not only was the tournament fun, but hanging out with your boy was a lot of fun, too. You see he, his new jumper? Yeah. It's, or his it's, new romper, rather? It's definitely a new romper. Yeah, it's definitely. Now, that a is, a, is a hunter romper, if I've ever seen one. It's a yeah. beautiful American flag. with all, A hunter romper? Yeah. You're you the, guys
1: are just painting me like what I'm are a talking bird talking bird hunter. <laughs>
2: I oh, I think you painted it, yourself that way, man. Uh, no, but I, I went to DreamHack, which first off is a great experience. You went a few years back, right, Chase? Yeah, it was my so first year. Yeah, right? So you know kind of the experiments. is held in the Austin Convention Center in... Like, not only was I playing just one game out of fighting games, but like fighting games itself was already such a small area of the entire thing. Hmm. So you just walk in there and it's just this huge mecca of all these different game tournaments going on. And it was really awesome just to see that when I walked in, like so much, like high levels of professionalism everywhere. Did you sit
0: down on any other games? Because when I was there, um, I was really blown away by Starcraft Uh, 2. I didn't
2: yeah, I didn't really get a chance to like sit down and watch anything else once all my stuff was done. And once I got done playing casuals, I wanted to go back and hang out with Andrew a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. And didn't I did see that,
0: that they had a massive setup for PUBG. And mm-hmm. I know that we are kind of wow. coming off the tails of our conversation last week. Yeah. I want to know if you maybe saw that and if it gave you any sort of extra perspective on PUBG's... You know, it does have a seminal popularity right now. So,
2: Yeah, I actually wanted to yeah comment on that, too, because I think like... Listening back to the, the last episode, we really did kind of shit on PUBG quite a bit. But then I remember going home and checking Twitch, and it was like the third highest game. So it's mm-hmm. like, how bad could it really possibly be doing, you know? Huh. And uh, this, yeah, the tournament showed it too. That was such a huge part of the venue. That was easily a fourth of the floor taken up by PUBG, and that's competing with like games like Hearthstone and um, Counter Strike and all these other huge games too as well. So it's definitely still thriving. Uh, And then the tournament itself was a lot of fun. I did really well. I got to play against uh, a lot of really strong competitors, and I think I've lost to people who are competently good. I was only a couple games from getting into Winterside, so it would have been super cool if that had happened, but it did not. And it was also awesome just to see all the pro players everywhere, man. Everybody was hanging out, and it was such a crazy, like, it was a stacked tournament. There's a lot of American players there who are all really good, but a lot of the hometown heroes got really far. That Jan guy, who I play all the time at Casuals, and Yo, I've gotten yeah. games from that kid. I, you know, I've almost taken uh, locals from that guy before. He got like third or fourth in the whole thing. So yeah, dude. he, yeah. And he there was a that few plays awesome. out
0: of him, like in the final round, kind of moments mm-hmm. to win games that were like legitimately exciting. Where when they happened, like I've never seen that before. Like that kind of interaction on the screen. You know? Yeah, he, he was great.
2: Yeah, he understands the scramble situation really well, and he played really well. Toy is also from... Uh, Texas too as well, and then so is Terrence. So three out of the top eight were all Texas raised, Texas bred. So there you go. I feel like we definitely defended the, the turf as much <laughs> as we could.
0: Yeah, not only that, but we talked about him last week. Our boy uh, who plays Guilty Gear, Hamad, he took the entire tournament, and that was his first Guilty Gear win. So That's awesome. he's kind of ascended a, Damn, a, a kind of level of accomplishment there. And I think That's he's looking for him. sponsors. So I hope he gets it because that guy has kind of been – at least in the community that I am, I brush up against has been this sort of like emblem for hard work because he kind of walked away from the game a little over a year ago and I think recently yeah. came back and doubled down on his dedication and now is beating people like, you know, Kazunoko and all these other competitors. So, shout out to him as well being the Houston yeah, boy. Man,
2: he is a strong player. So, you're
0: primarily there for Street Fighter 5?
2: Yeah, no, I just went and I played uh Street Fighter 5, but I did watch Tekken 2 as well, which my favorite player Speed Kicks actually won the whole thing. He's a Horong player from over nice from in like from atlanta or something like that but a uh, really awesome player really awesome to watch he was a lot of like he does a lot of really fun mix ups and he's just really entertaining to watch on screen and also he's like a boy genius he like graduated college when he was like 16 years old and <laughs> wow. then with all that intellect became an, a Tekken player which is what you need <laughs> to understand much required, that game yeah. Yeah. so yeah that's actually <laughs> base level he's actually one of the <laughs> dumbest people who plays it so yeah, That's that hilarious. Awesome. Well, I'm
0: tell you what, dude. I'm I'm kind of digging the conversational feel of everything. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. This is witty banter.
2: All
0: right, guys. Uh, we got two pieces of. Or we got two topics on the agenda today. Hunter, I want you to kick yours off first. You had an experience playing Dungeons and Dragons for the first time this week, and if <laughs> I am indeed. being told correctly, and I think Mandy was the DM.
1: <laughs> so Mandy was not the DM She was not the DM she, Mandy was the gatherer to bring everyone together I guess she had kind of She had a guy at work who ended up being the DM And he was looking for people to play with And he was like So your boyfriend's like I think she was talking about Magic And the fact that we play Magic And they are like So you're kind of nerdy, huh? And <laughs> <laughs> it's like If I'm reading yeah. the room correctly so, uh, so yeah, we got, we got a solid group of me Mandy, and then four of her co-workers, or three of her coworkers, and one of them was the DM. And um, yeah, dude, it was awesome. Like, before,
0: you, before you get started, I want okay. to go ahead and, like, and just state for the, the context of this conversation. I've never played Dungeons & Dragons. I want to play really badly. Max, have you ever played, and do you have any interest in the game?
2: Uh, n- I have not played, uh, I don't have like a huge interest to play, but I am interested in your experience and I am willing to be sold on it. So,
1: mm-hmm. so yeah, good luck. There, are, yeah. there <laughs> are things that I'm a stubborn asshole. So. There are things yeah. that and I know fuck dice, so good luck, <laughs> that I know Chase will like, because mm-hmm. I know, uh, Chase, when you get like a character such as in like dark souls or, you know, one of those games you like to really like. Think about the armor. Think about the the weapons. Think about the ornate sort of characteristics that go into making your character your character. Yeah. And what's cool yeah. about this game is you make that shit up. Yeah. You can bring to the table whatever you want about your fucking character. And I mean, even if I make it like, oh, he has this crazy ass armor or whatever, it ultimately doesn't end up being some sort of like mod where you're breaking the game. It's just like that's who my character is, right? And so. You make a character that has a class and a race and a race being like, you know, I'm a dragonborn or I'm a dwarf or I'm a cleric or whatever, or I don't even think, no, cleric is a class, but you have different races and then you have different like types of individuals that have different skills and stuff. And so my guy was a dragonborn fighter and I basically, (laughs) and you know, what's the best part about it is really like. Just going in, learning some of the lore, and then tr- app- trying to apply and like make your own, m- like you know, sub lore about your character in the midst of the the realm. Right. There is right.
2: already an established D and D lore that yes. you need to base off of. That's <clears> Cool.
1: Yeah. So so they've got the working blocks there, but then you know, there's a lot of kind of vagueness in the lore for you to just be able to embellish and be like, well, my guy's from this clan, and he had a best friend that named this, and then like make your black story, and then. I
0: know, (laughs) yeah, because uh, they're working out of uh, like books, right? Like they basically have a campaign that they've set up for you, right? And and it's a lot about, like you said, painting in the details. Mm. Because I thought it was was like way open ended, where a DM could be like, "We're gonna make this shit up from the start, just using like a set of mechanics." I'm sure like hardcore D and D people can do that, but to get started, it's more about sort of running a predefined campaign, right?
1: Yes. I mean, especially for starters, I mean, like, I think it's this guy's first time DMing. It might not be, but, um, so like, I don't think he has like a whole, a lot of experience being the DM. And then we, none of us had ever played except I think one guy for a couple times. So we were all new. And I think in those scenarios, it's always better to kind of have like, you know, your cookie cutter adventure where they give you, you know, these different options and stuff that you go down. But like, for instance, Max Kelleher. He DMs once every month or oh, once every can week. You
0: imagine that guy? I know. That's <laughs> I, what I'm I saying. I already know dude. when I want my first DM to be.
1: Yeah. And so like he DMs once a week with all his Nasa buddies and he was basically like, "Yeah, I play enough and I've DM'd enough to where I've kind of gotten to the point where like anything goes and I'll just like let you roll yeah. a die to like make sure that, you know, you're st- keeping creative and I don't want to like suppress people's imagination and stuff dude so we were a little more rigid on our first time because we were still like not sure of what we could and couldn't do but like i think as we as you get more familiar you start kind of being like yeah no like let's do this let's do that let's make you know make some fucking moves
2: very cool very cool but it's
1: pretty cool man because you know you can choose to handle situations in ways that like maybe the creators never even really thought of as long as it's as long as it's within sort of like the rules of some sort of logic, it's like, well, yeah, let's, okay, let's do that. And when it comes to battling specifically, I love the battling because it's turn-based strategy and yeah. you know, it, it all comes down to the role of a die. And ultimately <laughs> it's just cool because whenever you finally are, doing damage and stuff. And then you finally like do a, a, an attack that'll ultimately kill the person. The DM just basically sits back and says, all right, how do you want to kill this guy?
0: <laughs> and and he's he's like, okay. Give us your finishing move.
1: So <laughs> Damn, and this all goes you to make into a fatality. On yeah. The fly? You can do it however right. you want. And like the, basically, you know, my guy's this big half dragon humanoid guy and he has like a huge great sword and a huge great ax on the back And um, yeah, I'm just like, all right, so I've got this guy already like stuck in my shoulder, right? I take my great axe and I just like shove it out. And then, you know, the same way that you like take a hammer and try to like hit the carnival thing, like ding, 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 do the same thing with this freaking axe and just split this dude in half. (laughs) He's like all right. And then he, he says that, but with like more detail and like, and then blood just sprays everywhere. <laughs> just and he like, bathes yes. in it. You're like, yeah, I did. And it's funny too, just because, you know, everybody, everybody goes in with a preconception of how their character is. But, you know, as you are playing with a group, you end up kind of taking on different roles that maybe you weren't expecting. And there'll be like funny inside jokes or dynamics that develop that, you couldn't have forecasted, right? Like one of our inside jokes was, "There's this kind of there's there's a guy on our team. He has kind of like a New York accent. He's kind of like we would just shit on him uh, in the in the game, and he was like the the dwarf cleric. So I would like do a rowdy ass kill, and then I'd be sure to include like so I decapitate this guy, and blood just splatters all over this guy's face." <laughs> so every time we would do a kill like this guy would just get splattered with blood he's like oh man oh gosh that's not good
2: <laughs> and
1: it's just little like inside jokes like that where it, i don't know it just makes it fun and you have a a true story that develops and you can really
0: kind of like role play and get into it right i mean it's essentially like a group First of all, it's play, but it's a group exercise and just like kind of unbridled imagination in the same way that kids would play Mm make-believe. And that's something that's super compelling to me. Um, And I'm wondering for you if what it was like to sort of be in a group where everyone could kind of let their guard down and imagine together and play and and make-believe together in a sort of more adult context, you know?
1: It's great because, um, you know, everybody was cool with each other and everybody was great to to play with but <clears throat> you know like I love doing voices and I like the idea of role-playing yeah. I don't really get to role-play that often and so you know the fact that I get to choose what kind of guy I have and I get to think about all the backstory in detail and then we're going through the story and like the characters developing in a way that I wasn't even expecting it to develop and stuff and role-playing that is I don't know it's just cool and fun and we only did it for like we only get to do it for, you know, one night, about three or four hours. And we'll probably try and see if we can do it within the next couple of weeks or so again. But yeah, yeah I don't I mean, know. It was just
0: really dope. It's that positive feedback loop where it's just it creates it literally just creates trust amongst those group of people. And you will you typically grow closer. And it's, you know, D&D can can probably be studied pretty easily as a create a creator of culture and like shared experience that like meaningfully connected people throughout the last couple of decades. Um, yeah. Max, I'm curious if you were to do D and D, is there anything in particular that would draw you into it? For me, I really like have an idea for a character I would like to role play. Um, you kind of being on the peripherals of, of just sort of knowing what it is and hearing this, what what would it take to get you into it? Uh, I don't know.
2: I mean, I'm, I'm totally down. I'm, I'm a creative guy, guys. I, That's do awesome guys. Creative I, like stuff. I think jokes, that you like, two would be making yeah, funny kills. I was gonna say I would have to go for some form of like com- like I like that. I like the comedic aspect of yeah. it. Because there's something about like the generic like heroes that can be created that sometimes don't really appeal to me. But when you add that flair of like <laughs> comedic value or like mm-hmm. really getting involved and like understanding the story of what's going on. I mean, that's what we do when we spitball with Brethren, right? So mm-hmm. why not just make that yeah. a game that we all base <laughs> around and all have a piece of and all get involved in. And I think that would be totally cool. I would love to, like, yeah, be a part of some, like, really establish a duo really early on with somebody else. Yeah, Really, like, get our lores intertwined <laughs> yeah. and be like, but this asshole abandoned me <laughs> five years ago. I've been looking for him, and I'm finding it real hard it's to fucking a buddy with him to right, to right now. Over I got my eye on him, right? <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't know. I would definitely try to do that for sure. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's kind of it's cool that you ended up being the first one in our, out of our group to do it, Hunter. And I'm stoked. I'm stoked that you got to try it because I wanted to hear how it went for you. Um, and so you'll have to let us know if you end up getting back into it and, and Absolutely. getting back together with those people. And Max yeah. Kelleher,
1: he mentioned that he's going to be on Skype DMing pretty regularly, I think. And so he'd be down to to DM for. Us hit if him you up wanted. immediately. Yeah, Damn, I mean, Skype? it's a very
0: popular subsection of podcasts to, where people just podcast their, their campaigns. I'll say, dude, there's a podcast
1: that's, uh, there are these guys on YouTube and they actually have like a really similar format to what we have. Their production value might not be like quite up to It not be as good, but hey, that's okay. But they have like, you know? like yeah. 10,000 <laughs> 10, followers or 15,000 or whatever. What? And they basically just talk about D&D stuff, you know? And all right,
2: well, then let's just make good. this a recurring subject and just always <laughs> talk about that, man. Yeah. Screw all this other shit.
0: <laughs> fighting games are for fucking yeah, Fighting rude. games
2: suck. Oh, man. But yeah, no, right. it was great.
0: Well, let's transition into the second subject I wanted to tackle on the first half of the show. And that is Ghost came out with a new record called Prequel. And I'm going to be sort of taking on the review for it uh, because I didn't ask you guys to listen to it. Because Mm -hmm. I was very fearful that the album was going to (laughs) suck. And I didn't want to subject you guys to a potential just snooze fest. Okay. Um, Well, I appreciate that. I... I I took a lot of notes, right? So I listened to the record a couple times. I cool. I just went song for song, took a lot of notes. So I have a lot to talk about, but I don't want to just monopolize and like read a fucking par- like paragraphs of words on the show because that's not fun, but then I I want to just give you guys my overall thoughts. And and you know, I I said in the beginning that my expectations were very low. And for half a second, they looked like they were going to be subverted. And I'm sorry <laughs> to say, but I think Ghost has gone not only in a route that I kind of saw coming, but the ship has sailed. You know, like the (laughs) dream of Ghost is officially dead. (laughs) Damn. Dude, that is a harsh statement, but I love it. Please go on. Okay. Yeah. And I think we kind of all knew it was coming because as my friend at work kind of one day just said to me when we were talking about Ghost, he just goes, Hey, Chase, look, everybody, they get famous. And they just make a rock album, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn it, you're so right. <laughs> and so you've got Ghosts who sort of hit, who came into my consciousness because they had these, like, really soft, like, I don't know how to explain. you have to help me, Max. Like, their yeah. music to me was super fucking heavy, even though it didn't rest on, like, double bass or super fast guitar. But there was something heavy about their riffs. There was a heavy, there was a scale to their music.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, one, the... Like the subject material inherently leads to an idea of ominousness, mm-hmm. right? That's always gonna come through in an album like, or in uh, music like that. And, you know, a riff is just a distorted guitar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And right. heaviness can mean a lot of different things. Heaviness can be the tones. Heaviness can be the bass. Heaviness can just be how raw a fucking riff is. Yeah, and the they, rhythm. And they shit, had yeah. some raw riffs and some raw rhythms in that first album for sure. Things that I really liked. And I think that you, you know, add on to that, you add again those like ominous like sounding lyrics and subject material and stuff. And you add this sort of like self-aware, like awesome construction that they just ended up making. And I do think that as time went on, yeah, you're right. I mean, some of that stuff really just fell by the wayside and I don't really know how to describe their fall. It's been a while since I've really like, listened to them in general, but <laughs> there was definitely a time when I enjoyed Ghost and that time is but a it's memory past. now. Yeah, yeah, I know, for sure.
0: I feel ya. And, and what's kind of weird about this album is it almost it almost mirrors that transition in itself, so at the very start, uh, they have like an intro song, and it's got this like these children singing, and it's very eerie, and it almost feels like a uh, like a trope, tropey kind of horror movie type mm-hmm. of ploy. That's okay um, though, I think. Yeah, and it works. Yeah. So they have like these sort of music box sound effects and like these drum, like kind of big drums and synth, and I was I was kind of feeling it. Yeah. And then it rolls right into their single off of the album, which is called "Rats," and I really did not like this single. But hmm. in that song, for like thirty seconds of the song, is a really heavy riff, and like hmm. guitar works, I'm like, this kind of sounds like the old ghost, but it's immediately lost, right? <laughs> and it starts in that it, it it's lost in the song, like it kind of just they just start going to the chorus over and over again, and the chorus is I can't like <laughs> I don't like the Why don't way you sing it for s- us <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the way that it's sung. there's backup vocals in it that legitimately remind me of like a cartoony um like Nightmare Before Christmas type of arrangement, you know, where hmm. I'm like, this is just like it's weird. This sounds like Disney music. Um, but Disney. as it goes, as it goes on, their next song is called Faith, and the lyrics actually were kind of doing it for me because they were sort of criticizing the or critiquing the idea of like sanctity, and I was interpreting the lyrics as like really criticizing sort of like the the power structures that are in. Uh, like, institutional institutions of religion, right? And mm-hmm. I, I like that stuff. That's the kind of subject material I like to be explored, especially through that kind of music. But you start to get more, and they got some, like, good guitar squigglies in there. There's, like, these redeeming qualities, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, from that point forward, the album just takes this turn towards ballads. And it is just rock ballad after rock hmm. ballad, where it's just, like, these big... It's just drums, bass, and piano, and they do so much.
1: Eighties ish,
0: kind of like, yeah. I mean, just rock ballads that I, you know, kind of got their roots in the eighties, and like, there's just so much piano, and the lyrics are, I mean, the vocals are super clean, um, and I, I cannot express to you guys how much I hated the lyrics, like, (laughs) the lyrics. Why don't you express them? Yeah, the the you lyrics try. just take on a character of like generic, cheap, like vampire material, where it's just about the nights and the fucking moon and the darkness, and it's just like so <laughs> bland, personalityless, and it just didn't hook me, dude. Like, because the lyrics were such a huge part of me getting into Ghost, and in the third album, they really honestly started going away from those lyrical hooks, and I was. I was sure that they were going to continue to go away in this album. And in this album, they actually do They like mentioned Lucifer one time, which they didn't even do on their third one. And, but it, none of it had any sort of bite and it just felt like we are now in the business of selling hot topic merch kind of deal. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah,
2: That's unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, I think that's just a natural progression for a band like that. I think that you're totally right when it comes to the lyrics. I mean, that first album, the subject material like we've already talked about was very strong and it's, it's hard to say like they said the devil or they said lucifer that's so cool because everybody there's a lot of things that do it but when they on that first album they did it with such a strong mix of like approachableness as an album like i think a lot of people could get behind just the way that it sounded as opposed to some of these other like death metal albums and stuff that you know might be more particular to metal and then as they gained fame you could just easily see that they were taking their music and every album felt like they were watering it down just a little bit more and making it a little bit more accessible. Yep. When what sucks is that I feel like that first album in a world like we live in today, like that shit's really not that taboo anymore to me. I don't think that it's really that taboo to say that kind of stuff. So you think it's almost more of a passing of time as opposed to, I just think that they may have thought like, this is too risque. We need to dung it down when it's like, It really wasn't wasn't that that risque. risque. You know what I mean? It really wasn't, in my opinion, right? So it really just stinks to see that they really haven't, I don't think, understood that or maybe just shied away from it for whatever personal reasons that they have. But yeah, unfortunate to hear. I was just
1: wondering, I mean, you know, you were saying that, that their performances are great. I know Chase it's thinks that their performances performance, are yeah. incredible. I saw them live, and it was so much and fun. And I, I don't know what the timeline is between you know when they were able to start putting together these really great live performances versus um, like when they were noticed just purely by their music. Um, I was almost wondering if you're saying that there's all this like vampiry kind of you know cheesy stuff. If they're thinking about their music now from the aspect of, like, oh, this will be cool to, like, perform and, like, do stuff around, as opposed to, like, this is the cool music, now let's make a cool show.
2: I, I think... It, yeah, well, it
0: is yeah. sort of in that vein, Hunter. I mean, the interviews that the lead singer has now done before this album is, like, he he talks about the band being... Basic, like, half of their their act is the live performance, and they want to continue to push that, you know? And that's why, like... Every time they do a new album, he unveils, like, a new character that, Hmm. you know, he sings as and stuff like that. It's just the original lyrics I always enjoyed because I felt like they sang about, like, Satan and evil in the same way that Catholic music would sing about Jesus and good. And to Hmm. me, that dichotomy was always super fucking interesting.
2: Hmm. And
0: now it's just ballads and lyrics about how, like, I wish life was eternal, so we didn't have to like part with each other, kind of deal. And it's just like, what is like? There's like a sax solo in one of the songs. It's like that's, that's I cool. Wanna, I want to
2: be in the room when somebody pitched that. You know what I mean? Like, guys, I don't, I don't, hear me out. I've been practicing a little mind bit here. I got my friend Jerry. <laughs> He's great. You're gonna love him. Get in the booth, Jerry. That's great. So
0: it's just I don't know. By the end of the record, I was I was disappointed to I feel like have this prophecy fulfilled that, you know, kind of once you reach a Grammy and you reach mon- uh, mainstream, like, success and fame and you're, you're hooking up with record companies who are very much about grabbing you by the balls and getting money, it's like, kind of, this is the, this is how it turns out, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Suits are at it again, man.
1: I always just think, yeah, I mean, the, I always just think it's interesting to think of uh, direction after you get some sort of prominence. Like, okay, so now... We got figured out because of this thing, and whether bands are going to like somehow try to capitalize on that again, or like yeah, that do thing a was direction a product you yeah know? I just think, yeah, I just think deciding on directions as a group after you've already gotten some sort of prominence is always interesting, and it sounds like theirs is more of like the yeah very self aware maybe watering it down, and not. It doesn't sound like from what I'm hearing from y'all that the lyrics or or the subject matter really seems, um, I don't know, sincere anymore or genuine. Is that that fair?
2: Yeah, I think so. But I think that there also was like a pretty good amount of like novelty from the get go. I mean, like given the way that they dressed and like they were a performance and they were a show from the beginning. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So but I do think that you are right. There is like a lack of authenticity or sincerity that they may be missing. I don't know. I haven't listened. <laughs> I don't know who's ghost. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean, I got a, I've got a lot of details in each song that I kind of resting trying to rest this overall critique on, but I don't really want to get trapped in those mundane details. I think we've I think I kind of covered just my overall reaction to the to the album and I wasn't too pleased. With, I mean, it's very well produced and there's honestly a lot of arrangements that sound like very well executed. It's just, it's just sounds so safe to me. And that's just not a word I want to associate with that band. So no, wasn't very impressed, but you know what? Let's put a kibosh on that conversation. We'll take a little quick break to halftime. We'll come back.
2: Let's go talk to Satan for a little bit. <laughs>
0: okay. If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast.
2: Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show.
1: And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review, and feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it.
0: Hey, welcome back from uh, halftime. It's still Witty Banter. It's still episode 156. Hope you had a good little refresher here, because I know that we have been refreshing our palates with our alcoholic beverages. So cool. Yeah. How's- <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. how's it how's the odell tasting uh
2: i, I like it dude. yeah i like it too man i think that uh you know after last week's beer mm-hmm. some pretty big shoes left on the table you know true that and uh, i was worried uh when i brought in a random beer and that's kind of why i brought this one i was like i've got no attachment to it yeah whatever you know but it's tas it's opening up really well um the caramel notes in there are distinct. Um, it's got a very like almost like like nutty flavor to it. Malty as shit too as well. But it's still nice and light too at the same mm-hmm. time. It's not anything too heavy. It's got a nice head to it, but it's not like a weigh you down type of beer. Um, it says tropical fruits in there. I'm not really sure if I would say tropical fruits if I was to be drinking this beer and trying to get out notes. But like maybe after it says it, I feel like I can like maybe taste some form of fruitiness in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like it's like that maltiness and that caramel are really what come out the most. And it's a good beer. It's a nice drinkable beer. It's definitely for, it's like a, like a, like a breezy winter.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know I, mean? Oh. I blustery. I don't yeah, know why like the
2: winds come in. It's not necessarily snowing, but it's windy. <laughs> you know, dang it. Dang it.
1: Um, you know, I don't know why, but you know, I love like, um, box. Yeah. I love porters. Yeah. I love stouts. I've never been a super big fan of um brown ales. Yeah. And this one's good. I like this one. Um it whenever I first take my first sip of it, it's like kind of hits me with like caramel notes and uh a little bit of the nuttiness. And I think like kind of midway to the kind of latter half of it, I do get a little bit of lightness and like hits of what they're saying on the tropical notes, almost like just the faintest little bit of like um nah, it's not Mango like, papaya. It's no, it's uh, it's pink on in the inside, but it looks like an orange. Grapefruit. Grapefruit. I almost <laughs> get like the slightest little bit of grapefruit, but not very much. Mind. Um and I think it just drinks kind of smooth and with nut brown or with brown ales, um, I feel like they usually don't drink very smooth. So uh pink. yeah, I think it's just a little different take and it's kind of lighter and more refreshing than most brown ales I've had.
2: I I agree. It's got like a, it's a brown ale, but it does have that sort of like light Bach lager flavor to it. So Mm -hmm. that's cool, man. Good on you. Odell. Odell. How is that? I'm going to get
1: some more for us. It's (laughs) a whiskey.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's a whiskey. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you.
0: It's a whiskey. Um, yeah, it's so what I, I think I, I noted on the first time I drank it was that it was very, it's very like light, and it it tastes to me just like the cask that it was yeah. aged in. Like it just tastes like the wood that the barrel was made out of. And it's got like a little bit of heat, a little bit of sweetness. It's not a very complex whiskey, right? Like it's just a couple different flavors, and those flavors are super prominent. Um, and it's just very easy to drink. So you could you could fill up like a big glass and then just sort of take it down.
2: Is that a uh, like? Is that a dominant flavor of? Of Japanese whiskeys is that like Dude, something that is yeah I don't really know much
0: about like the classification of that mm-hmm. region you know like yeah I do know that whiskey has been has exploded over there like it's become a yeah. craft that there that market has taken to and like recently ish I mean recently yeah like maybe twenty years relatively just to cover yeah. myself yeah
2: yeah so it is something that's maybe more like like Western. Brought over and then that idea, like given the Eastern flair, is that? Yeah, exactly. Like I, say? I,
0: I would imagine that what they're doing is honing it in the directions that suit their taste. But you know, whiskey was kind of born in Kentucky and Tennessee and bourbon yeah. and all that, like yeah. all those um, practices and whatnot. So yeah, for I don't sure. know if that's right. Who the <laughs> fuck
2: knows? Don't fact check that. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> Born all right, in let's Texas. move
0: into our next segment. Even though this one's about ranking things, I'm still going to call it a conversation, Peach. Oh, check it out. It's a conversation, Peach. Ooh. And I want to mm. let you guys know that the other day I was talking to some of our friends over at OK Beast, and it turns out our good buddy, uh, Blessing, has a top 40 list of his favorite video games of all time that he maintains. Right. And I was like, huh, Top 40. that's kind of cool. I kind of wish I had that list. I wish I yeah. knew what my favorite games of all time were. Yeah, and okay. so I just opened up a document, and I was like, I'm going to try to just list as many of these games as I can. Cool. And okay. I got to 51 of them.
2: Awesome. Which is a <laughs> just pretty... Just despite blessing.
0: It's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's a meaty <laughs> list. It was, yeah, it was a little more than I expected. I had a lot of fun doing it. And what I want to do with you guys is just basically go through my list from 51 up to one, And just sort of talk about the games. I want to talk about maybe why they were included, why they're included where they were, if it was more about a place and time, or if it's more about like their objective content. But that's the other thing that I also want to talk to you guys about is the nature of these lists. Like, this list for me is just about the influence it had on my life. Because I think it would be almost impossible to make a list of like the best objective games I've ever played. Because for me, like, Having a critical understanding of games has honestly not even been there until like two years ago or maybe yeah. four years ago, right? Hmm. So that this list would be all over the place.
2: Partial to Chase. This is Chase's favorite games, right? Exactly. Yeah, totally. And That's so fair.
0: There were some other rule sets I put on it. I Uh-oh. didn't include more than one entry from a series. That's okay. fucked up, but all right. Yeah, okay. so you Let's had one flag bearer. For exactly. That's A- super
2: series. fucked up. All right, yeah. so now I'm pretty interested. See, I don't think there's that's some, fucked up.
0: Why is that not fucked up? There's huge.
2: I don't want to bring them up because I don't want to spoil anything. Right. But like, there's definitely and I just games. Felt like it
0: would blow the list up and be hard to like rank even those entries. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair,
2: and you wouldn't want them to be like right next to each other. That would suck, you know. Yeah.
1: I think yeah. if you know your best then put it in, it's
2: still. I'm excited to see which one you end up going with, Chase. Um, all right. A specific series.
0: I know you are. We'll start <laughs> with number 51. What is it? And I put The Sims hot date. Did you guys ever play The Sims? <laughs> <laughs> hot
2: <laughs> date. No. This I say
1: The Sims expansion. very, very uh, uh, not often. And uh, I just cheated and got all the money I could and did stupid shit. Okay. I didn't do See, much. Did you in cheat Sims, in your hot
2: dates?
0: In the hot <laughs> dates, you could like go out on dates with your Sims. Awesome. And as like a 5th grader just full of hormones I, I oh, want yeah. to watch those sims just make out literally, I'm thinking about what it's like To kiss those sim lips
2: It's this dating simulator Of course you want that when you're in 5th grade of You're course, like fuck yeah. I'm not about to embarrass myself Let's we'll see how this goes in the simulation <laughs> right? My parents don't even know this is bad <laughs> Yeah Oh, things man. in my mind. <laughs> so well, I didn't expect that one, Chase.
0: Number fifty, but... Mech Assault. Now this was an Xbox okay. original game. Do you? Any of you guys? Uh, Max, do you have recollection of this? Yes,
2: that? I remember you guys this playing it. the first. I it.
0: it was one of the first games I ever played online. It was when I had my very first gamer tag. Um, so that was a good one. That was enjoyable. Number forty nine, Robotech Battle Cry.
2: That's cool. I like that.
0: Yeah, which is a game that was based off the Robotech anime, mm-hmm. and I played the shit out of that game, dude. I have like. Nice. And I have like. I've got very vivid memories of that game and most of these games on the list. Next one, Hexic HD. Oh, Okay. Number Hexic.
2: Yeah, I still have Hexic on Xbox three hundred and sixty, man. Right? It came it with it for free, little, right? Didn't it? it exactly. Was a free little game?
0: pack-in game. Yeah. And the thing about in Hexic in HD. Was I had my Xbox 360 right before moving to California, and mm-hmm. while everybody was packing up our house and shit, I was just on the couch playing Hexic, listening to Stadium Arcadium on repeat. And there I totally go. just. That'll this bring you like s- back to
2: a specific spot.
0: Seared in my head. We're in yeah. n- nostalgia mode right now. Yeah, I can for feel sure. It. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, and so number 47, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. So mm-hmm. this was my first turn based strategy game, Hunter. It's nice. basically the game that, like, taught me what that genre is um, okay cool. it's a game where like if you ever had access to it I know you would enjoy it uh, 46 jet set radio future
2: damn I actually thought that was gonna be way higher than that really yeah so I jet set radio future
0: amazing soundtrack fantastic art style really cool fun gameplay to me it was like a video game version of a gorillas album right okay um, Number 45, Amped, which was a freestyle snowboarding video game. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah.
2: That was like when I met you, Chase, was you were into Amped at the time. Really? Yeah. Slope was, style. Dude, that you 70. were Yeah, you were fucking wearing the beanie everywhere. <laughs> billabong shirts. You went into your closet. I was like, God, how can somebody have so many billabong shirts? But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Snowboarder Chase. Absolutely.
0: Number 44, Ho-Hokum, which is like a 2D... Cartoony, uh, kind of like art game that Darian and I, I actually watched Darian play it, but I consider myself to have played it by the nature mm-hmm. of its gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the album uh, on record, so it's oh, one that cool. kind of sits there. 43, you'll dig this one. Burnout Revenge. Gotta oh, give a shout man. 43. <laughs> You're disappointing, me, mean. Yeah, I'm just man. thinking about
2: all the great memories that we have playing Burnout Revenge and how you shitting on them, right? And I was joking. <laughs> uh, that was a great game. That, that was super a fucking competitive. awesome game
0: awesome multiplayer um and i'm gonna put tropico 3 on there which was a city building game mm-hmm. where you play like an island dictator and me and eric yeah. just you know played that game a lot 41 project gotham racing 2 which is just a racing game for uh the, the original xbox number okay. 40 i'm gonna put bioshock which i'm probably i would guess you guys are mm. a little bit familiar yeah
2: with. the first one i assume i'm yeah.
0: surprised uh, yeah
1: I, I i thought you would have even placed that one higher It's a fantastic
0: game I honestly never even finished it But I just remember really loving it And I remember playing it um, It was when we were in high school And like Bob came over to my house We kind of like played it together So it was kind of like an event Mm -hmm. Uh, Number 39 Hotline Miami Cool Gotta get that one on the list Smart I don't know that one You don't know Hotline Miami?
2: I think you would have a lot of fun Playing Hotline Miami (laughs)
0: Yeah it's super violent
2: Yeah very violent Uh, Yeah (laughs) (laughs) Very violent Cool I agree
0: now, Max, this one, number 38, Tony Hawk's Underground.
2: Mm-hmm. This is
0: the Tony Hawk game that I chose.
2: Again. Yeah, wow. You went with Underground 1?
0: Yeah. What do you think about that?
2: <laughs> Me, personally, I'm an Underground 2 boy. we Will always be Let's for see, life.
0: Okay, yeah. I'm Star close. Trek 1,
2: Star Trek 2 here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> A lot of people say that Underground 2, though, just got like, it kind of lost sight of its vision. You weren't playing this like upstart skate kid. It had all these like celebrity cameos and shit in it.
2: You were still an upstart skate kid You know what I mean? But you were with celebrities you at were the time And the you legs. were playing pranks on each other So it was like jackass combined with Tony Hawk It was hilarious and also had the tightest controls Out of all of them It was, uh, But Tony Hawk's underground one Very revolutionary, very cool Did you ever yeah. send your, your face in? To try to get no, it on your character? I no, I'm That's sure they the got day. tons wow. of pictures
0: of ball sacks and butt cheeks Oh, for sure <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nature of the game, man <laughs>
0: Oh, number thirty-seven, Sonic Adventure Two Battle. That was a three D Sonic game for the GameCube, and I actually played most with the mode where you would raise these little things called chows, and you would basically go into these levels and like collect shit and give them. I'd sat there for probably over hundreds of hours. Like like
2: Sonic Pokemon raising, yeah, that was
0: cool. Number thirty-six, Mass Effect. Anybody here play Mass Effect?
2: No, but I was wondering where you put this one. So yeah,
0: Mass Effect is an amazing trilogy uh i think massive i think the first one ended up being my favorite so i put that up there number 35 hunter you'll enjoy this this is diddy kong racing (laughs) <laughs> Diddy Kong Racing.
1: Yeah, Man, I do I respect that. I never understand you I'm guys, wondering no. how that's going to lie in line with the other Nintendo 64 games you have on yeah. this list. because
2: they're starting to come up. We're starting is to get that closer the first that. You're getting into real deal classics right now. Yeah, so, yeah <laughs> for sure. So
0: after Diddy Kong Racing, I put Papers, Please, which is a oh, uh, what? computer game that came out a few years ago where you play a guy at a checkpoint, a border like a border checkpoint. Um, but I think it was just like a really creative, revolutionary game that actually taught people about humanity. 33, Nidhogg. Nidhogg's mm, got to be
2: in the All listening. right, there we are. I respect that. Dang, that's cool. I think yeah. that's a
1: good spot for Nidhogg. Yeah. yeah. It's not in the top 25. but
2: let's be real with what it is. You You're know, respecting
0: it. it. So uh, Metroid Prime, number 32. I oh, think a cool. game that is still holds up and at the time blew me away. Uh, number 30, I'm going to go with or 31, 31 is yeah. Pokemon Blue.
1: Okay,
2: it's got to be so a So you never played Did
1: you ever play like Pokemon Yellow or any of the other game boys
2: outside games? of red or blue? I
0: only played blue. Hmm.
2: Uh-oh. Who and knows I loved what kind of you know, guy like, would have been.
0: I loved that game, but it is never great. It, it never went past that for me, you know.
2: When I was a kid, I went to Target with the idea of getting Pokemon Blue so I could talk about it with my fucking friends finally. Mm-hmm. Right? And I went in there, my mom got it out of the case. And then when we left, I was on my way out and I saw this action figure for the reptile guy or the, the Velociraptor guy from Transformers and I started crying because I wanted that more. So <laughs> She ended up having to return that and I got that instead. And it's one of the biggest regrets of my life because now I never played the iconic game. So.
1: Yeah, no, I mean the Pokemon games, you, they're a must. Yeah. I never got to play the blue or red. I loved yellow, but yeah. almost everyone I know was more blue and red. So. Yeah,
2: I think red. those are the classics. All right, what's number 30?
0: Number 30 is Hyper Light Drifter. A game that you guys are familiar Mm -hmm. with due to its recency. Yeah. Um, You know, I think it's a game that's very well executed, but kind of small in scope. Uh, Mm -hmm. Number 29, I put Persona 4 Golden, which I'm actually replaying right now to actually beat it. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I thought you don't like Persona 4. Persona 5, I hate.
2: Oh, I didn't realize that. Are they that different? They were that much different. I thought that The way that you describe Persona 5 sounds like the way that everybody describes every Persona game, so... (laughs) I am mistaken.
0: Persona 4 is this weird comfort food that I have realized I have a huge affinity for. Like, the moment I kind of boot it up, I hear the music, I start doing all of, like, the rep, the repetition that is the gameplay. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're in it. It's comfort food. Yeah. There you go. Uh, 28, though, a better RPG, in my opinion. I put in, which I played for the very oh. first time mm, last that's year. That's cool.
2: Yep. Good game. Good yeah, franchise. Yeah.
0: Love that game 27 We got Super Mario Sunshine
2: Never Super played it Mario myself Mario Sunshine What Didn't is Never Didn't have that? a GameCube So I couldn't play that one Yeah.
0: But. Is that like Does a Smash? Happened? or? It's a, what a 3D, 3D Mario game When he had the water hose So is, is that gonna stuff.
2: like Over like take Be the flag
1: bearer, bearer For all Mario for games 3D free?
0: Mario games Yeah
1: Wow! Whoa.
0: Mario. 64. See, I'm not it's a big nowhere. like Mario connoisseur. Yeah, I mean, so I feel not, like you know. I don't have to like defend it too well. But I know a lot of people in the <laughs> gaming sphere would be like, "Fuck
2: you, dude. Mario <laughs> Galaxy." Nah, <laughs> Mario 64. Nah, Super Mario yeah. Brothers. Nah. Wow, yeah. I can see the mail popping in yeah. right now. <laughs> Bring it 10, in 11, right 12, 13, they're, they're stacking up.
0: Number 26, I'm going to put Fallout 4, a game that I tried mm. starting several times, but it wasn't until uh, I started the survival mode that I really fell in love with it, and that was a little over a year ago as well.
2: The most recent Fallout? You liked yeah. it more than the other you Fallouts? Liked it
0: more than the other Fallouts? So with Fallout 3, it, i i I think at the time, Fallout 3 was better and more impactful than Fallout 4, but when you look at the games next to each other, it's like... What are you gonna play? A r- old relic or like the updated version, <laughs> right? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, archaic piece of trash over here, <laughs> or the new one? The no prater.
2: <laughs> <New laughs> anyway, number, go on. Number
0: twenty-five, Civilization VI. Okay. Um, Civil Six. Okay, chose that one as the flag bearer for Civilization, a game that I always can come back to anytime. 24 and above is where we really get heavy into the nostalgia. This is All where right. it's like, I'm pulling from the memories. The and that starts yes. with Mortal Kombat Trilogy.
2: Oh, boy. Man. Damn. I Mortal
0: think it's Kombat lower trilogy. than Max would have liked.
2: Was lower, and it also means that 9 is nowhere on the list. Yeah. Which is crazy. Is that a
0: mistake, though? Is that a mistake?
2: No. The mistake <laughs> was making this dumb <laughs> fucking rule. Chase, that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I mean, Trilogy was like literally foundational in my interest for competitive fighting games.
0: Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that's kind of why I went with it. I thought about like even all the late nights that we had in anticipation for Mortal Kombat 9. Mm -hmm. You know, Trilogy, just so many characters, so many fatalities, babalities, friendships, all that played
2: that into the release of MK9. You know what I mean? Like that's how important it was to us, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sounds good. Uh, 23, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, a exactly. game that I love, but not a game that I can kind of claim is like my all-time favorite because I just don't have like a lot of knowledge about it. But I I remember discovering it through Xbox Live and not even knowing what Castlevania was. And I was like, oh, here's a new demo. Let's play it. And then just happened to get sucked into one of the greatest games of all time. And I think it really speaks to the, uh, to the quality of that game that like anyone kind of pick it up and you're going to get addicted to it, right? Yeah, for sure. All right. So uh, then we got Mario Party 2. Okay, one of the all-time you like greats. The,
2: you don't want to re- just destroy your hand on that Mario Kart or Mario Party. No one, one will dude?
0: ever think that's better, Max.
2: That's yeah, they will not for sure. That is archaic <laughs> by design for exactly. sure. <laughs> so Mario Party, Mario Party 2, Two, definitively. Okay. Uh, that's great, man. Right. Go to Cowboy Land, go to Space tail. Land. Okay. Really great number, lands.
0: Number twenty-one, Super Smash Brothers Melee.
2: Melee, wow, number heard. one. Wow, yeah. interesting. A little tighter. I. Mean, I, I
1: never played any other melee that i enjoyed other, other than smash smash yeah yeah
2: hey wait what <laughs> Sorry. other oh, than the first hold on my head's about i played
1: maybe two other versions of super smash yeah and the first one always is the most fun for me so, so you never played agree.
2: like smash 64. huh you didn't play smash 64. <laughs> <64? laughs>
1: Maybe I'm just fucking up the the terminology here. Oh, I like no. the first one, the one that was on Nintendo. Super Smash Bros. And Nintendo. So Which are,
2: Nintendo? The one Mom? that was on the
1: Sixty-four.
2: <laughs> yes. Okay. So the original is Smash yes, Bros. Yes, the yeah. first one. That was the very first one. Melee is the first one on GameCube, so it's oh, the second really? one. Yeah.
1: Oh, I thought. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. So I we're, they we're we're all in cahoots. Meleys. We're in cahoots. No, no, no. That's why I was Jesus. confused too, because you said that your favorite melee was Smash, <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, that's which okay. one? The one
0: on the Nintendo? Though? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
2: all right. Well, we don't agree, uh, Chase, but me, we still man. respect your decision as a person.
0: Number 20, Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, a game that I was like eight years old when playing. Uh-huh. And it was like one of the first games I remember playing. And I, my family was very involved with Roller, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Oh, that's we cool. would switch off, designing our our parks, sharing information. My mom was very into it love that game in the same line of being a young kid playing on a computer number 19 is Red Alert 2 Yuri's Revenge which is a command and conquer real time strategy game a genre that's kind of dead these days but a massive like just took tons of my time during the summer which is going to roll into number 18 Oddworld Munch's Odyssey a game Hmm. that I owned for the original Xbox that was one of those games where it was like you didn't have anything else to play so you just played the games that you had so I just like dominated this game right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Number 17, Fez, a game I think we all Dang. have been exposed to. Fez, Fez higher high. than I thought you would have. Yeah. yeah, very very high on my list. One of the, I think, the most intricately well-designed games ever made, a soundtrack that is my favorite soundtrack in video games. Uh, I shared the experience with Darien, which is very, you know, the, that time was near and dear to my heart as well. Everything mm-hmm. about Fez, all made by one person. It's just an amazing game. Uh, number sixteen, I'm gonna put Neo, the game that came mm. out last year that I got the platinum trophy for. Mm. I think that Neo actually has the best combat system out of all Souls-like games. If you really get down to brass tacks, very challenging as well. One of the most challenging games I've ever played. Okay. Uh, number fifteen, Geometry Wars Two, awesome. an arcade <laughs> twin stick Wars. shooter. Okay. Yeah, man. Right. Very much defined my love for that genre. My first sort of entry point into that. Number 14, Galaga, the arcade classic, a game that anywhere I'm at an arcade and they have it, I'm going to play. Really? I share that connection with my father, who is a Galaga master. <laughs> number 13, keeping it in line with the arcade smash hits, next Machina. You guys know I fucking love that game.
2: Yeah, great game.
0: <laughs> that's high up on the list. We're talking 13 here. Yeah, yeah right? super We're getting into the top 10 territory. We're yeah, getting into... Yeah. I'm yeah. going to
1: start really being interested in how you're ordering some of the next yeah. few ones.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, these are up to change. Who knows?
2: <laughs> no, no. You said them on a podcast be that's being recorded that anybody can go back and listen to.
0: Number 12, Hitman Blood Money. Right. I didn't really share a lot of experiences with this game with most people. But yeah. It was a game that, like, I would just sit there and play over and over again with a guide. So it was this weird thing where, like, I wasn't playing to, like, try new things or to beat it. It was very much like I have the perfect way through every level, and it's just satisfying for me to execute it, you know? Hmm. Okay. Um, Love that game. Number Don't. 11, Red Dead Redemption. Cool. I spent basically Smart. an entire summer playing and 100%ing this game. My favorite Rockstar game. Um, I'm honestly not even sure if I'm going to play Red Dead Redemption 2 like I did the first one, but at, like talk about a place and time. Where the right game just pops up and you lose an entire summer to it. That was Red Dead too. <laughs> Yeah. Number 10, Battlefield 3. This is one of the shooters that I <sighs> lost myself to one summer with Cole Blair and with Adam Shackleton. A game where when people would come over to our house in college and watch me play... They would like look at me. It was like the first time I got to show some of my shooting skills to people, and they would be like, Are you fucking kidding me, dude? <laughs> like, so very good times playing that game. Number nine, a contemporary game, Inside. Okay, that's, where that
1: one's okay. Land that's cool. Me. I, didn't I didn't know if it was gonna make top five for you, but yeah, it's great. yeah. I, I, yeah I know is. where that one yeah. lies.
0: Number eight, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. This is my Call of Duty pick.
2: That's
1: really? a good pick. Modern Warfare yeah. is a great I didn't great know game. Call of Duty was that near and dear to you at all.
2: Dog, we played that game like throughout high school, man. That game was Dog. foundational.
1: We bro. played Halo throughout high school. Hey,
2: don't spoil the rest of the list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Please Number go seven, on, Chase. things competitive. Gears of War. I think oh, yeah.
2: the best yeah. Gears of War. Oh, my God. Yeah, I
1: figured that was coming up soon.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. A lot of shooters
1: right
0: now. Exactly. We're getting into the we're getting into the meat. Again. Yeah. yeah, yeah uh, number yeah. six: The Elder Scrolls Oblivion, my favorite cool. Elder Scrolls game. I think Man, the that game that you... introduced me to open-world Western RPGs. Um, I fucking love that game. Just the sound of the menu, the sound of the voice acting, everything—just pure nostalgia for me. Right. Cool. Okay. Number five: Another RPG, Fable: The Lost Chapters.
2: Which? What is the Lost Chapters?
0: It was like an expansion for the original Fable.
2: First one, essentially? Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Fair. Okay, go well, wait, what are we on right now? Top four. That, that was Top number five. Four? We had four left. Okay. There's a Hold number on. that I'm surprised. Don't
2: say anything. Actually, stall. Say something onto the onto the thing here. Okay. What do you think is number one?
0: What do I think is number yeah. one?
1: I think he's going to say... Dip, dip,
0: dip. I'm not looking. So, they're, yeah, this is oh, all happening. Oh,
2: really? That's crazy. Because I was going to say... Really? I think so. Wow. I think he's shameless enough to do it. <laughs> that fucking right, ass hat. <laughs> okay. Okay, you go. You go. All right, okay. number
0: four, Guitar Hero 2. Thank I didn't God. I not
2: fucking think about that, but. Gee, oh,
0: I was, I was yeah. like, if he waiting doesn't for Guitar, guitar Hero, <laughs> Hero
1: in the fucking top 50, this kid is remiss. Um, <laughs> number four, man.
2: That's a good
1: one, man. Guitar Hero 2. The there's not enough tracks. to say
2: about that. Um, yeah. Uh, I was, Yeah. Uh, after number the tournament, th- I was gonna go play it at the Dreamhack because they had a line for it, uh, and people sucked. And I was like, "Oh uh, my god!" I, I stood in line for like ten minutes, and I was just like, "I can't stay in line anymore," and I left. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. Go on.
0: Number three, Halo Three.
1: Halo Three is your number one. Halo Three. I thought it would have been Halo One or Two.
2: Halo Three is your
1: number. Maybe three. Halo One. Halo Three See, is your Halo number
0: one, one. Halo has the best campaign and is the game that. Sucked me into Halo. Halo Two was that m- point in time where I think it honestly had the most competitive multiplayer suite, and f- most of our f- and that was when the most of our peers were playing. But Halo Three is when I really like buttoned down and became, I think, the best Halo player that I ever was. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah.
1: I mean, I was playing Halo Three. I enjoyed Halo Three. I just felt like I thought that the true nostalgia lied for you. In the earlier stages, before I ever
2: got on board.
1: Yeah. Because okay. you were I mean, fucking chastening around, people and shit. <laughs>
2: right I'm
0: excited. Right, I, I the know three. the last
2: two, but I don't know what order they're going to be in.
0: Number two is Dark Souls. Okay. Yep. God, and number one it. is Ocarina of Time.
2: Fucking Hunter <laughs> got it right. God damn it.
1: Nothing will ever
2: surmise... Zelda for chase. I don't see it happening. Nothing. No mystical story. I think I think there
0: might be a day where Dark Souls goes number one Yeah, but it's not this day,
2: (laughs) but not today (laughs) or today depending on when you're listening to this
0: podcast
1: How long did it take you to put together that list? Yeah, man.
0: It was probably about like an hour of just sort of like I did like a brain dump and then Started tweaking things and the thing is is like I didn't put more than one fighting game either because a part of me wanted to put Guilty Gear, but it's like I don't really play that game as much as I just admire it. And I also didn't put Street Fighter because it's like kind of the same thing. Like so, I just Mortal Kombat's kind of my only fighting game in there. Yeah, I'm surprised
1: that you, surprised did. you didn't put Guilty Fighter in there. Fighter in it there. sounds
2: like yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like that's crazy that you didn't put Guilty Gear in there because I think that Guilty Gear definitely like brought you into the fighting game culture and community more than any other game.
0: Yeah, I should probably get it in there.
2: That's okay. Don't worry about <laughs> it. In Ocarina of <laughs> Time, number one. And Dark Souls 1 is your number two?
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Dark Souls 1, huh? It's the best so, one.
1: does Dark Souls carry the flag also for Bloodborne?
0: Yeah. I mean, f- like all souls. Like, I still like Dark Souls is the. That's a good question. My favorite game of all of them, you know?
2: Yeah, I didn't know if it was. And that's still to... considered in the lineage. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Got some
0: interesting ones, got some
1: tried
2: and true ones
1: that we knew you were going to be bringing. It's
0: fun. I recommend you guys sitting down and doing this kind of stuff because I think it's just like a really fun exercise. Oh,
2: all I do is make lists half the time that I'm alive, pretty much. Yeah, I
1: think uh, I'm going to bring the top 50 Radiohead songs. Oh, boy. (laughs) Really can't wait for that. (laughs) Didn't know
0: I they made 50 good songs. This one I really songs. enjoy because yeah, it's the best song like ever the scale and and This and also was this the best song also there sounds, ever sounds like you
2: made it on GarageBand. It's great.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, <show up. laughs> just All
2: right, you know.
0: guys. Thank you for your patience. I really I really wanted to share that with uh, the audience. It was with was fun. You guys. I liked it. But we have a whole bunch of mail in the mail bag. Come get some
2: mail. Yeah, let's get to let's it. Let's go into the mail corner.
0: And look, Dooney Ray, he makes, there's no illusion about it. He's here to fucking talk about fighting games.
2: Thank God. <laughs> Something I can talk to. Let's it do says, this. what thing.
0: are each of y'all's specific end goal with fighting games? What do you want to get out of fighting games? Is there a base understanding of them so you can play all of the games? Or do you want to compete in offline environments? What do you want?
2: Compete in offline environments and make it out of pools. That's the goal? That's the goal right now. Yeah. That's great. That's good. Make that a pull. Clearly defined. Yeah. I think it's objective. I know when I hit it.
1: I have three goals that aren't very high shooting, I don't think necessarily, but my three goals are one, I want to learn the terminology behind it so that whenever I'm watching with you guys, I'm there for there, blow for blow, and I understand what's going on.
2: Do that tonight, dude.
1: Yeah, dude. (laughs) Um, Get the note cards rolling. I still think I got a lot to learn, but um, the other two would be that. When I play, all I want to at least feel like I'm playing the game, and I don't feel like I'm just getting demolished. Yeah. And then also to when I play online, to feel the same way, to feel like I'm getting just as many wins as I am losses. Yeah, and that I'm learning each time and getting better. So that's a smart
2: mindset. Just to make sure that you're learning every time that you play. I mean, that's really that's the same with me too. Is like my immediate goals are always just to like leave a session knowing something I didn't know before.
0: There you go. I've identified what I think is my biggest flaw in fighting games, hmm. is and that your
2: is super salty attitude.
0: I just can't get over a loss. <laughs> Anytime I drop a combo, I might as well just go to bed and try again yeah. tomorrow. I feel like I play to the skill level of whoever my opponent is. And the reason mm-hmm. I say that is because when I play people like Steven, who is an extremely high-level player, you know, I don't beat him or anything, but I feel like I play at a much higher level. And then I recently played a friend who does he his only he has knowledge in Street Fighter from like previous Street Fighter games. Yeah. And he and we were just like trading games on Street Fighter 5 and it's just like chase like the amount of time <laughs> that you've put into fighting games it should be you should be demonstrably better than those who don't play. Hmm.
2: You would think that's the case. But let me just tell you from old man Maxi over here I've been playing games for a long time. Pretty high rank in Street Fighter V. But I went over to Andrew's house and I was like, hey man, let's do some excellent adventures. Let's just straight off online a little bit. You're in gold rank, right? Yeah, let me boost your rank up. And I was still getting like washed by yeah. some of these like gold and super gold players. And I was like, what the fuck? And it's just because like the mentality changes, man. You are right. When you're playing that guy, when you're playing Steven at work, you know what to expect because he's so good. So you expect yeah really smart decisions and calculated random decisions, right? You don't expect wacky stuff. You don't expect somebody <laughs> to hang themselves in a position where they would have hung themselves <laughs> if you had been playing smart, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's just the nature of the game. That happens. So I wouldn't get too deterred by that. I do think that there is, yeah, you you are right. You do need to, like understand who you're playing against and apply the correct way to play against that specific person. You know? Yeah. 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 I was watching, uh, Uh,
1: I was watching a video of Maximilian dude play with a Vegito and Zamasu. And he was, I I just thought it was a relevant point. I think I knew it inherently, but it was just like, yeah, man, you don't want to, you don't want to like respect your opponent too much. You really don't. If you respect them too much, then they'll get away with everything. You get on their frame, how Mm -hmm. they play, you
0: know?
2: For sure. Absolutely.
0: Dr. Horsett has a question. Says, "What hobby would you get into if time or money weren't an issue?"
2: Uh, Boxing. Really? I really want to box. I think that it's like a lot of like aggressive. Emotions that I have that I would really like to get out, <laughs> get some testosterone, right? And I really want to. Yeah, I also think it's really good, like exercise. Um, they and say it's like the best exercise. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and I think that that's just something that I would really enjoy doing, and I really want to get out of. Like, really, just want to do, but I just don't have the time nor the the extra disposable income to put towards that right now. So time and money aren't an option. Yeah, or, aren't or. a
1: factor. Um. You know, I think I really eventually want to get good at, like, one, like, growing, like, plants and shit. Like, I want to, like, be able to garden pretty well. And And then then I also want to, like, work on carpentry over time. Dude, that's a really good... It's not, like, a very immediate thing that I want to do right now. But I think when I have a house and I have a garage and I have, like, a, a place where I can maybe put a small workshop... I would just like to be able to make like tables and chairs and shit.
2: Wanna make a fucking arcade cabinet, man. That would yeah? be so that's like one of my lifelong dream goals. Make like an
1: outdoor bar that's kick ass.
2: That'd be super sick, man. It's just wood. Yeah. Put that <laughs> stuff together, nail, man. Nail in little here. Little nail here, Nailed a little screw there. there.
0: Oh, hey, guess what? Spackle. We know Boom. all about it's done. <laughs> Stained. Yeah. <laughs> Primer I like, before the I paint. Like- <laughs> that direction hunter because at first I was going to say something that would take it a tremendous amount of time is I want to like hone my basic artistic abilities just being able to like render shape light shadow perspective all that stuff so I can then move into like pixel art and things like that mm-hmm. um, but in vain of making things like I wish I knew how to do things like solder wire um different components because i'm getting into this i'm I'm discovering this culture where people are modding like old Hmm. uh, gaming hardware like old game boys and stuff like that and making these machines that are like custom like look custom and are beautiful play this insane library of games i'm like dude like i fucking want that and these people are just making it because they know how to you know i want that knowledge
1: yeah it'd be pretty cool to know how to smith too why (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> to make like kick ass weapons and swords and shit, you would be in your garage
2: just fucking going to town, dude, on head.
1: Ping, Time and ping, money, pink. Yeah, yeah, talk about I good don't exercise have time right bro. now.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna get yoked. That's true. That one right arm, those lats, <laughs> be
1: dude. You think I want? Oh. Think I want <laughs> trade hammer sets? Oh. <laughs> that's
2: true. Yeah, two hammers, double time, baby. <laughs> That's crazy <laughs> For some it's reason This of side of the sword is, is much weaker
0: <laughs> Yeah uh, uh, Last question Comes from Dunter Horset. It Says as a child What did you want to be When you grew up
2: uh, I wanted to be A tattoo artist Really bad When I was younger I feel like I remember that Yeah I really did Ink I, ink 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 yeah. incorporated Wow i was such a <laughs> clever Young kid <laughs> really had a lot of promise. I I still think that's clever. I, I don't don't liked it. Well, yeah. whenever Yeah, if I ever go back to that dream, maybe I will. But <laughs> since then, I think I just turned eighteen, and I was just like, I'm way too indecisive to get a tattoo. So
0: I mean, you went, you were extremely artistic in high school. I feel like your pursuit of art has faded a little bit. Is there any reason for that in particular?
2: Um, I don't know. Just other avenues. I was like, you know, I I have a lot of artistic interests. And I was pursuing them all at the time. But then as you get older, you just have to work and you have other things you have to do. (laughs) And you have to sacrifice some stuff. And unfortunately, like, you know, that and like music were like the the artistic endeavors that I chose not to pursue as much.
1: Mm -hmm. It is. I think that's what's getting... A sad truth, you know, As getting older,
2: man, you just
1: you you work a little more waste away. You, you know? just got to like kind of like whittle it down to a few things that it doesn't have to be like two things. But it's just you, I feel like I'm even way more well-rounded than a lot of people that I work with. And oh, yeah. Not to calling out anyone that I work with or anything. I'm just mean like you guys are born. Ask people that's what. what <laughs>
2: when
1: What's I ask your people? favorite TV show? <laughs> All right, yeah, well, yeah I don't cool. What did you watch on Netflix bad. yesterday? Dude. When I ask people like what they do, I never really get any sort of like you know uh, leg- legitimate, interesting, unique responses. Well, mostly,
0: mostly dishes. Yeah, and.
1: Uh, <laughs> So it, but but I already feel like I'm having to kind of whittle down my selection so I definitely feel yeah.
2: Stay unique man, stay weird. All right? <laughs> Remember you guys pop. went to college in Austin, so. And
1: definitely. like to answer the the question, I mean, it's weird because I never had anything specifically that popped out to me that I like really wanted to be. I think I always just like focused on not pursuing things that I knew I wouldn't be. Like I just like very clearly in my mind, like I was pretty good in football up until like ninth grade when I had my first like legitimate injury. And you'd have people that would come in and talk to you and they were either like pros or they were like college football players. And everyone's like, who wants to play pro football whenever they grow up? And raise was your like, hand yeah and it was like yeah and i was always just that guy that was like even though i was like one of the best on the team i was just like no <laughs> like i just knew i wasn't gonna be a fucking nfl player um so i never really like wanted that to rule too much of my life i guess i always thought of myself as being kind of like somebody that was industrious and did business shit but that also like you know, was creative and did other cool stuff. Yeah. And I think I'm trying to still pursue that as best I can. But, um, yeah, I never had anything super clear in my mind for what I wanted to be. Yeah.
2: It's okay to like pursue an occupation that allows you to pursue your hobbies. You yeah. You know what I mean? That's the so goal Absolutely. What about you, Chase? what do you want to be when you were a kid?
0: Uh, when I was super young, I wanted to be things like paleontologists and like archaeologists. Oh,
2: like that. that's super cute. And I could totally see you doing that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're digging up like, dinosaur yeah, bones? Yeah, <laughs> definitely going to a site and just Ho-ho. brushing away
2: stuff and going, whoa, 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 whoa.
0: Hey, don't touch this, dude. <laughs> this <laughs> is thousands of years old. This,
2: a thousand. This is a coke can. Never mind. Shut
0: up, Bob. <laughs> Shut the fuck up.
1: Um, um, and you well, also you. wanted to be fucking oh. uh Pixar animator too, right? That's true. Remember yes. that? that? I part. wanted to
0: work for Pixar like basically from the start of high school up until college. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, I remember that too as well.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Dooney, for the question. That was Dunter Horse. Was that Dunter? Thank you, Dunter, for the question. Yeah.
0: That was the Dunt.
2: The, the Dunts dun- dun- man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh so, all right, let's go ahead and end the show. Do you guys have any Extra words you want to put on the
2: beer? or I think that we are uh, killing it with beer choices as yeah, of late. Uh, these beers are good. I'm going to look for both of them probably if I'm ever out and need a beer or need some beers for maybe a small gathering or something. But, again, bold, nuttier flavors, um, very roasty, but not super heavy, which is cool. So yeah. Nice it's caramel like, sweetness, but also a little bit of like a, like a malty bitterness too at the same time. It's
1: when you have like an unspoken understanding between two people and you don't really have much like facial expression, but you had a lot of head gesticulation where you're just like both kind of trying it and you're just like, yeah, Mm -hmm." like you,
2: you met the guy at a party. So you don't really know who he is. Right. Right. But you're still, you're still jiving on what he's (laughs) talking about. You're like, probably forgot his name already. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You go to your friend you're like, dude, that guy, um, he was wearing like a flannel and like, he had like a, like an earring. Um, he was super cool. Yeah, that's tell what that guy I thought spear. he was cool. Yeah, tell that guy if he wants to hang out, let me know.
1: And if he doesn't, it's not a big deal. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah, fine.
2: Don't it's make me choice. seem like I'm needy. <laughs> tell him that I have like a lot of things to do and like a lot of friends.
0: Yeah, but maybe I could fit him in.
2: I'm pretty sure we have a crush on the spear, actually. <laughs>
0: All right, that has been episode number 156. Thank you everybody for listening to Witty Banter this week. You can find us on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, wherever you try to get your podcast, hit subscribe. All of our episodes will show up in your download queue for free. If you don't use any of those services, just go to our website, it is wittybantershow.com. You can keep up with the show. And whenever a, a new episode goes live by following us, following us on Twitter, we are at Whitty Banter Show. And then I am on Twitter, I'm at Bodacious Chase max is at probably max and hunter runs a youtube channel uh called crypto diesel so we will subscribe there if you want to get some knowledge uh gentlemen thank you so much for another great week and Woo-hoo. i'm excited to talk to you guys again as we count down the number of episodes between here and evo weekend yeah me absolutely too, man.
2: it's gonna be fantastic Marty
1: and already getting stoked
2: that was a great week
0: thanks for sure a bit, a bit of
2: a, bit bit a bit bit. <laughs>